Are you a victim crippled by the minotaur in the labyrinth of your mind? Or will you fight your biggest challenges like Theseus and fulfill your potential? My name is Zulfakar and welcome to the Minotaur's Maze. Welcome to another episode of the Minotaur's Maze. My guest today is Gabriel Collignon, who is a business coach and CEO of Be Presence, which is a digital marketing agency. He has created several business incubator programs in the United States of America and Mexico. He has been a speaker at the San Diego Convention Center, as well as other uh, international forums like the Hispanic Business of E-Commerce, the International Social Innovation Festival, and several local chambers of commerce across the US and Mexico. He's also the president of the Innovation Committee at the Mexican Entrepreneurs and Business Owners Union in Colima. And finally, he is the author of an Amazon bestseller called Thorns to be Thankful for, and has been featured in the book 101 Toastmasters around the world. Gabriel, thank you for being here and welcome. Well, thank you very much for inviting me and I'm really excited to be here. Excellent, brilliant. So just to kick things off, could you just give us a, a quick brief background about yourself um, and, and what you've done so far? Well, um, other than what you said, I'm a, I'm a happily married husband. I have two kids. Um, I married with, the, with my high school sweetheart. Um, we've been married for 11 years now and mm. we've been since we started dating it's 22 years now wow. so yeah we've been together for a long time um, and I help uh, entrepreneurs and business owners to grow their business so that they can have more time with their family so I'm, I'm very uh, family business oriented and that's what uh, that's my passion I, like you said I'm also a CEO of a digital marketing agency but my legacy is coaching entrepreneurs so they can spend more time in things that really matter the most. Brilliant. And, and just then in terms of your own entrepreneurship journey, um, when and how did that start? And, and, and just give us a little bit about you know, how, how you got started as an entrepreneur yourself. Well, uh, my mom and dad are entrepreneurs. So I started really young. Um, I, I didn't, uh, well, we didn't have such, a, such much money when I was young. So I started selling everything with my mom. We went to uh, flea markets, um, anything that she could find, we sell it. And that's how I really got started. I was really young and I started just buying and selling stuff. Um, but then I, uh, when I went to university, I started working to the, for the university as, a, as the PR and admissions, uh, in the PR and admissions department. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started like giving some conferences and speaking and public speaking. Then I, I finished the, my university and I just went on my own. I, I started, I started my, first, my first company, which uh, was called AKB Solutions. And um, it, was a, it was a tough journey because you're young and you're trying to eat the whole world. So I went to uh, small businesses and trying to help them grow their business and start with websites. I started uh, making websites right. um, in 1998. Wow. So yeah, it was a long, long time ago. And well, long story short, the business was a failure mm-hmm. as a business, but I learned a lot. So I recharged and I started again and then again. And now, uh, yeah, I have my company for 15, 17 years now. Wow. So it's been a rough path, but it's been really exciting, you know, and I started coaching 12 years ago. Okay. So I, I, I saw, well, I started in calls in actually in consulting, but it wasn't working for me. I, I was like more, a, a personal attention kind of guy. And I got a lot involved into their, into small business owners, like in the personal uh, arena and also the business. So, I, I started like figuring out I wasn't only a consultant because I didn't like just to go there, give a solution and then step back. And it, it was more like a personal attention, attention thing. And 
I still have, have my business and I run it and I, I'm, I'm the CEO of it, but that's my business, my legacy, that would, the thing that I really like to do and that I, I know it's gonna, it has true and really great implications for business owners is helping them have more time with their family. So that's Brilliant. basically it. Brilliant. So when you obviously first started, you, know, you, you said you went through a lot of struggle, but what was your mindset like uh, when you first started? I mean, did you have fears and doubts? If so, what did you do to overcome them? And, and then how did that journey progress as you went along? Well, at the beginning, uh, when it was like the real beginning about internet marketing, you know, and all the, the hypey stuff that comes around it. And I was, I was young. I was 22, 23 years old. And I wanted to have a, a side revenue just by... I don't know, creating websites and then just charging month to month. And you got all this, all this mindset that you're going to become uh, rich quickly and that everything's going to be easy. And I think that's the, that's what um, affected me the most that I, that I didn't have the, the right mindset of the things and the challenges that were coming. And I wasn't real about it. Um, I was just, buying all the, the hypey stuff and it affected me a lot because I wasn't really able to getting to get to that point. Um, what I did to overcome it, well, it was, uh, it was hard, but I share a lot with my wife and we were not married then, but we were, uh, we were together and I, and I was telling him, telling her, you know, uh, this is happening and this is happening and I just can't meet the goal. And she helped me a lot. You know, you need to have someone that uh, helps you be accountable. And she was the one to, who started, okay, this is not the path. And you, you are hard, you, you like working hard. Why do you want things easy? And that's when I realized, you know, it's, I love to work. I, I love to go out and talk to people and I love helping them. And I wanted things easy. So it was, it, it was a, one idea was against with the other. So um, I just, you know, you just need to, I don't know, start blank. That's why I, I ended my company and I, I need a fresh start. And I need a fresh start with a new mindset. I, I, love, I love fresh starts. And I, right now, like every three months, I kind of get rid of all my papers and I try to stay again and okay, all right, this was a strategy and I went this way, which is wrong. I need to go this path and I, I need to finish this, this and that because me like I think like everybody else but I don't know everybody else but I procrastinate you know it's like okay I'm gonna do this 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 and that and then you get into the into an operations mode and I start working in my business instead of on my business and then every every three months for me it's it's great to just throw everything away and then get what okay this worked this didn't work let's continue doing what really works instead of just oh this is a new thing oh this is a shiny object and I don't, I don't like being distracted. So I try to do that as, as often as possible and it has helped me stay on track. Brilliant. So at the moment then you're running the digital marketing agency and, and you're doing the, the coaching as well. Um, so how are you finding the, the balance between those two things? I mean, is it intertwined or are there two separate businesses altogether? Um, how are you managing that balance? Well, we, um, they are separate. But at the same time, there's, there's a, a moment in which they, they come together. Because a lot of my clients start like uh, hiring in the digital agency, and then they want some personal attention. Now. They, they know me, they know what I do, they know the coaching, and they're like, okay, yeah, I want to grow my business, and you're helping me with my website and my social media and Facebook ads and everything. But I want more more... Uh, harmony in my world so I don't try to balance it I think I think the word balance has uh, negative implications because when you balance you need to cut something to get something else mm -hmm. and you're all right so uh, I went this I, I spent eight hours at work I need to spend eight hours with my kids and it, it that doesn't work that way I think mm -hmm. life is about harmony you know and as long as you you can spend three hours in your business, but you were totally engaged. And then you are with your family, uh, one hour, two hours, three hours, or on a vacation, but just be there. You need to be totally engaged there. So I think it's more about harmony than balance. 
And that's how I, I, I look at, I'm, at my world, at my business and at my life with my wife and my kids, you know. Brilliant. So, I mean, some of the, the, the clients that you coach, like, like who, do you have a target market or is it open to anyone? Um, and, and, you know, what are some of the obstacles that they have and, and how do you help them? Well, mostly is they, they mm, 90%, around 90% of entrepreneurs work on their business instead of in their business. And small, uh, my target is uh, small business owners, entrepreneurs and small business owners, which have a family because that's how they, they want to spend more time with them. And um, they're just not able to create those systems that can help them in their business. So I help them um, get clarity in what, okay, what's what you need right now? Do you need to grow your business? Do you need to make more sales? Do you need to, uh, uh, I don't know, to have a better online presence? Um, it's, I, I divide it in three areas in business, which is sales, profits, and systems. And then we go deep in there. And we create systems in each one of those areas so they can spend more time with their family. We try to out of, automate things. And that's, that's the approach, you know? Okay, what are you doing that you don't have to do? What are you doing that you, that you can delegate? And how we are gonna make the transition from you making everything to delegating without wanting to have control. Because uh, most entrepreneurs and business owners that I've been in contact to and that I know of, they, we, it's part of being an entrepreneur. You want to have control of things, you know? And sometimes you have, even though you have a lot of employees, you just, a lot of them, they're like, okay, they don't, knew, they don't know how to do the things that I do. And you got to understand, people are not going to do things the way you do them. You hire them because they are special at what they do. And so you, you need to let them, you, you, can, you give them guidelines, but you need to let them work so they can really add value to your company. And that's kind of a, kind of a big struggle with, with uh, entrepreneurs, you know, because, okay, I want this, but I want it like this, 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 and this. All right, so you're not taking advantage of everything that that person has to offer. Give them some guidelines and then just uh, manage them, get some goals and sit with them and tell them what they did wrong. How can they get better and just let them work. Mm-hmm. So does that come down to a mindset issue or is it just an operation kind of thing? You know, what was the biggest uh, obstacle for, for owners like that who, are, who still uh, to delegate tasks to their employees or other members? It's a mindset issue. It's 80, 80% of it. It's a mindset issue because, um, Control comes from, from the mind. I need to do things the way I want to do. And I understand it's your business. It's your baby. You started it. But uh, the reality is that what, if you want to grow, you can stay the way you, the way you are. You know? And you can spend still a lot of time in your business. But if you want to level up, if you want to grow, you need to change your mindset. Because at the beginning, you, most probably you started with nothing. And you started by yourself. And that's why you want to, con- you want to control everything because you know what can, can come wrong. And you want to control it and you want to control the outcome and you want to control everything. And it's kind of a mindset say, all right, you are here. You, want, you really want to level up? All right. You need to do this and you need to change your mindset and how you are right now if you want to grow. You know, it's, it's, it's just like a, a bodybuilding or just exercising. You want to grow your, your muscle, you're going to break it first so fibers can get a, a, together again and it grows. If you right now are at this point and you haven't been able to get to the point that you want to go, you need to change. Mm-hmm. And in order to change, you need to change first your mindset. So yeah, it's, it's 80% mindset and 20% operational. Brilliant. So what do you do then to, to help them change their mindset? And, you know, how difficult is it? Because obviously, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners can be quite stubborn. Um, so what are some of the techniques <laughs> and strategies that you use? Uh, and, 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 you know, tell us about some of the results that you've had. Okay, I think uh, I try to, to uh, make a very simple approach. And it's like, all right, what are your goals? Where do you want to go? Because it's not, it's not about me. It's about them. You know, it's, it's not about... Okay, I can take you to double your sales. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. 
what's what you want to accomplish right now, where you are standing right now. And then we, and, and we start working on really uh, internalizing and acknowledging where they really are. Because also entrepreneurs, we think we're someplace, but we really aren't there. You know, it's, yeah, we have this idea. All right, I've, I've been doing this, 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 and that, and I have accomplished all this. And I'm Superman right now. Okay, let's see why you're Superman right now. Why do you think you are here? And it's all about acknowledgement. You need to acknowledge where you are at the beginning. And then when you're real about it, then we need to project where do you want to go? So what are the steps? And we see, we started in the business. Like we first focus in the business, business and sales, profits and systems. But we also focus on, on um, bond, connection, connection with yourself, connection with your, with your family, and connection with others. Because that's a, re- a very important part of your life. Oh. And then we also, uh, the other B is being, your mind, your body, and how do you balance them? So we look at those three areas, business, being, and bond. And we, we internalize, we start by, by really uh, acknowledging where they are and where they want to be in each one of those areas. And then we focus only on three because you can't focus on everything. You know, it's, and it, it's just a continuous improvement. It's continuous development. All right, right now I'm not spending a lot of time with my, with my wife and I want to start going out with her. When, when I want to start connecting with her. All right, what do you do right now to connect with her? Okay, I do this, 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 and that. What's happening with her? Talk to her also because this is a relationship. What is she kind of expecting? What, what do you guys like to do together? All right, we would like to go out three times a week. Okay, what do you need to do and what do you need to change in the other areas so you can have that time? So we start, it's just like moving the pieces of the puzzle. You know, it's, it's uh, everybody has different goals. Everybody wants to accomplish different things. And that's how we start. We start by where you are, where you want to be, and then we start moving the pieces. Brilliant. So obviously earlier you mentioned that, you know, you automate tasks for, for business owners. Um, can you give us some examples of, of, you know, what kind of systems you implement that are automated and, and how do they save time for, for the entrepreneur and business owner? Okay. Yeah. Not all business. It's about not all systems. It's about automation. Some um, we can automate some stuff, but it's really about the, the, the process, the system, where it starts and when it has to end. For example, right now I have a client that he sells to the government mm-hmm. and he, he just takes any um, proposal and starts uh, start making proposals to the government. But on, on his plant, they don't have a system to go through those proposals. So when he gets one, he just starts, uh, when he gets the, the request of proposal, he starts, all right, I need this, I need this, I need that. And, and he tries to control all the process and people don't really know what they have to do. They just wait until he asks for things. So what we're doing right now is we are creating a system from the request a proposal till you give the proposal. And what, is, what does each of the departments need to have? So we, we kind of broke, it, uh, broke the last... 10, 20 proposals and see what is uh, the, the common in all of those for each area. And now we are preparing each area to have that information month to month. That way, that's how we automate a process. And that way, when the next request a proposal comes in, each area knows what they need to have and they already, they already do it month to month. So we're trying to automate the processes in each one of the areas and how they collect all the information so they can make the proposal. So it depends on, on, on each one of the, in, on each business. And of course, what the entrepreneurs needs at that moment. And my focus is not in, on the business, but on the entrepreneur, on the business owner. What is what, what they need to do so they can have more time. And then we go down. I don't, it is not just getting at the beginning of the business. All right. You need this system, this system, this, no, I don't care about any other systems as long as they are related to the business owner. So that's where we need to get the time. That's where that's, uh, we need to work on them and then it goes down. Okay. So obviously you work on the entrepreneurs. So how important is self-esteem 
um, in, in being an entrepreneur and being a business owner? Um, and, and how have you worked with possibly clients that have had low self-esteem to increase it? It's, it's super important because as an entrepreneur, you, you, you are the one who approach your clients. If, maybe if, you, if you started from scratch, you were the one who started making sales and you were the customer service department and you were the everything department. You do everything. But you cannot give your best if you are not your best with yourself. So we try to be the best with everybody else and we try to be the best with, with our families and with our spouse and with our kids and, and with our clients. But if you're not okay, everything's going, uh, it's going to go downwards. Because if you don't have a, uh, if you don't believe in yourself, any client can just win a negotiation. If you're not good with yourself, you're not going to show your kids and your spouse how much you love them if you don't love yourself. So you need to first start with yourself. That's why uh, in the process of automating, of helping them grow their business on anything, on, on their mindset, their body, or their connections, we always start by way where they are where you are and if at that point you are like okay yeah my business is not good and i uh, i don't worth anything and things are not going right then we need to start with you okay how far have you come you need to realize how far you come what are you good at and a lot of self-esteem also comes because if you want to control everything you start doing things you're really not good at so the outcome is not the one you, that you're expecting if you're not a good salesperson and you're doing sales, instead of allowing your team to do the sales or hiring someone to do that, your self-esteem is going to go down because you're going to just feel rejected and rejected and rejected. Some entrepreneurs, we love selling and we don't care about getting rejected. But some others, they do. It's, it's a, a very uh, soft tissue that you have. All right, so don't do it. It's affecting you. And if it affects you, it's going to affect your income. It's going to affect your business. It's going to affect your, uh, your relationships. It's going to affect your kids. So some entrepreneurs are just say, all right, you know, uh, my kid is not doing well right now and I need to focus on the business and I need to focus on my kids. But okay, how are you? I'm not feeling good. Well, you're, you're transmitting that to your kid. You know, kids are, are just the mirror of what we are. So you, you, People know we can feel when someone is not okay. So you, you need to be at your best. You need to be confident. You need to love yourself so you can love others. Okay, so for those that are sitting on the fence that maybe want to start a business, want to get into entrepreneurship, but they've got low self-esteem, what recommendations would you have for them to increase their self-esteem and what steps should they take to become an entrepreneur or a business owner? Well, I think the the... The best thing you can do is to start something that you love because, uh, and, and I know there's a whole, uh, I don't know, a lot of coaches and uh, speakers and they talk about do what you're passionate about. And I understand not everybody has that opportunity. We can all do it. We can all just stop everything and uh, say goodbye to our job and then try to do what we're passionate about. But not everything you're passionate about, it's going to make business, you know? So you, you, have to, you have to really know yourself. And I don't know, if, if, if you love something that you are not going to be able to make profit, then just do it as a hobby. And that just doing that, to make the time to do that, it's going to increase your self-esteem because you're going you're gonna to have time for yourself. You want to increase your self-esteem, have time for yourself to do things that you love. That's going to, that's going to help you be a better person. You know, it's just focusing on yourself and then also give yourself time for the ones that you love. That way your, your self-esteem is going to grow. It's not that hard to, to help yourself and your self-esteem It's like you just, maybe you started getting bored. Maybe you started doing something you don't like to do. And maybe you just are not getting the outcomes you want. Then, Look for small things that are going to give you the outcomes that you want. If that's a hobby. It's, is that a passion? And, and there's no other way than just uh, you need to start knowing yourself. And to know yourself, you need to meditate. You need to talk to yourself. And there's, 
it's not about motivation. Others, oh, I'm going to listen to this talk so they can motivate me. The only way for motivation is yourself. Nobody can motivate you. Motivation comes from within. You can get inspired by, the, by other people. So follow some people that inspire you. But you need to motivate yourself. So, and you need to make power routines. Power routines, what is that? Wake up in the morning and say to yourself that you're good, that you're going to do better, and that you love yourself and that you love the ones around you. And that's how you start just making a one-degree shift so in the long run, you are head away from others. You know? So have you yourself had periods of low self-esteem and low confidence? Um, if so, what did you do to overcome uh, those periods? Uh, I just pushed myself, honestly. Uh, I, I, in high school, I was kind of a, an introvert. And most of my life, I've, I like people, I like things that most people don't, you know, and, and my surroundings. A lot of people here in Mexico, I, I was raised and born and raised in Mexico and a lot of people love soccer and I'm not a, I'm not a soccer guy, honestly. And, and all my friends were in, the, in the, the soccer team and everybody was expected to be in the soccer team and playing and everything. And, and I, I don't, I like, I, I started doing a martial art called judo and it's, it's just yourself against another. So it wasn't like, Oh, very team player there. And I started pushing myself. All right, I need, I, need to, I need to grow. I need to get in contact with other people. So in high school, I, in, well, in, in secondary school, I, I tried for the soccer team. And I was in the, in the best team, but I was in, it's the, in Mexico, it's the A and the B team. I was in the B team and I was on the bench. And I started just pushing myself. But I also did something that I liked. I was pushed in judo, which I loved it. And I was pushing myself in other things that I wasn't comfortable. Uh, so you need to do both. You need to do something that really uh, you love so you can get your self-esteem better, but you need to also push yourself out of your comfort zone and do something about it. You're just complaining is not going to help you at all. Okay. So talk to me about your, your speaking um, experience. So, Obviously, you've, you've spoken at big events now. You've, you've been at the Toastmasters, but what were you like at the start? Did you have a fear of speaking? Um, and, 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 and just talk to us about that. Um, I wasn't really afraid of speaking. I just, um, well, at the beginning I was, because I started speaking when, when I got my first job at the university in the admissions department. We went to all the high schools in the area and talked about the university in front of, I don't know, it could be 50 to 300 uh, high school kids, which high school, you know, high school is the worst place you need to be, you know, in front of talking to them because they just destroy you. If you don't say something right, how are you, how do you look? What are you wearing? Everything. But that was my job. I, I, I couldn't pay for my university and, and I got that job so I could get a scholarship in the university. So um, my boss, then he took me to one of the uh, high school, just, uh, just, it was a girl only high school and they were just one generation uh, beneath me. So a lot of them knew me and I was, I was terrified. I was, ter I, I was going to speak to four groups of 50 girls that some of them knew me and, and I was like, gosh, I'm gonna be, they're gonna destroy me while I'm, while I'm speaking. And I talked to my boss and I was like, you know what? I don't wanna do this. And he said, all right, don't worry about it. You're not gonna do this. Just listen to the other, to the other guys talk. And I was just standing there and he just did it. He just ripped the bandaid. He, in front of everybody, he was like, oh, and now Gabriel's going to talk to you about his experience in the university. And I was like, what? You just told me I wasn't going to do that. And that was the way to rip off the bandaid, you know? And it, it was my biggest fear were people that I was going to get judged. I was really afraid of talking there and I just did it. What happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. You know, yeah, some of them destroyed me and, and just, I went out, I, I finished my first speaking engagement and I was like, huh, uh, 
this isn't that hard. And then it was the next group, and then it was the next group. And that morning, I, I spoke four groups of just girls in high school. And at the end, I was just comfortable with it. And after that, I think, well, I, I, I was at that job for about eight years. And every year, I spoke to around 4,000 to 5,000 high school uh, and also their parents. So it just, it just started came natural. You know, you, you need, you need to just do it to overcome the fear and it really, nothing's going to happen. Whatever you're afraid of, uh, unless you're not going to take a big risk on yourself. But what, what I'm saying is something that you're afraid of that just is stopping you to move, to move forward. You just need to do it. It's it, you do it once. And you're going to say, oh, I was the worst. Oh, this, I, I thought my speech was horrible. And by the end of the day, my boss told me, you know, it was great. I, I know I wasn't great, but he, he just encouraged me. So get an accountability partner. You need to talk to someone and invite them to, to just give you some feedback. You need to be open to the feedback and the next one and the next one and the next one. And that's... I think everybody that has spoken on a, on a stage, they started that way. I don't think anybody was at all afraid of the, of, of the people they're going to talk to. Nah. You know, I, I, I still, when I go to a stage, when I talk in front of someone, even like right now, I get butterflies in my stomach. I do. And I love that feeling. It's like, it's just, it empowers me. It, I, it, that adrenaline just like, ah, you know, it, it, it feels great. So you just need to do that. You need okay, to break so, that fear. So you're pretty comfortable and confident speaking anyway. So, so what made you decide to join Toastmasters? Um, and, and what was the transformation like during that period of, of going through the, you know, the Toastmasters club? Um, I was... I moved from Mexico to San Diego, California, and because my girlfriend, now my wife, was, was there. And I left everything behind and I started from, from scratch there. And someone in my family told me that they knew a, a, a teacher at the, at the University of California in San Diego. And I talked to him and he was like, well, you know, I'm part of a group that's called Toastmasters and we just, uh, get better speakers and the table topics. And he just started telling me all this about, and at the beginning I was like, come on, I've done like, I've spoken to thousands and thousands of, of people right now. And, and what, what, what am I going to learn? Cause you know, eight years talking to parents and, and kids and everything. I, I already had experience, but he invited me to the first one. And I was so amazed on, I was used to talk without this, without a structure and Toastmaster helped me a lot to, to get some structure to what I was speaking about. And I was doing it just on, on automatic, you know, I, I knew how to speak and you could give me a topic and I could just develop it, but there was really no formal structure to it. And Toastmaster helped me a lot to, you know, this is the opening and these are the ways that you can engage. And even though I did some of them, I wasn't conscious. It, 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 I, I wasn't really aware I was doing those things and why I was doing them. And I, my boss did them. He showed me how. And I'm pretty sure he knew why the opening was like that and why we need to close like this. But I wasn't really aware of it. And Toastmasters helped me a lot. Not only structuring my speaking engagements and, and the topics that I want to talk about, but they, they're just such a great community. You know, uh, I started getting involved into coach in the youth leadership program, coaching kids in high schools. And it, it, the, the experience is amazing. It's amazing. It's such a great community. They helped me a lot also to, I didn't know no one in, in, in San Diego. And they were really, they were such a, just such a great community. And I, and I was, able, I was able to, to also be in touch in other uh, chapters of Toastmasters in San Diego and they're all great you know it, it was not just my chapter uh, I was at Del Mar Toastmasters chapter and and but 
others, they, they were just amazing. And, and what impact did that have on your self-esteem and confidence as you got a better speaker? Did, did that increase as well? Um, you know, did the two go together? Uh, tell us a bit about that. Def definitely, because uh, they are so supportive, you know, they, they, don't, they don't nag you when you do things wrong. They tell you that you're doing it wrong and they tell you why and how you can improve. And that's great for your confidence and your self-esteem. Just again, you need to have someone that, it, that helps you be accountable of your things. And that is really objective. And the good thing about Toastmasters is that it's a community. It's not just one person that, oh, okay, my impression is that you didn't say it right because this. No, okay, you get feedback from a lot of them. And maybe you, you're, not, um, you're not really, uh, how do you say it? You don't like what, what one tells you, the feedback that one tells you, because you know he's more technical. He doesn't speak the same way that you speak. But maybe another one, another person there, he's more your style. And he's also telling you, all right, you can improve this way and this way. And you just need to get all the feedback. And they are, they're great. They have a, such a good heart. And people tell you what you're doing wrong because they want you to improve. That's, that's something that it's amazing. It's not, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you you're wrong because I am better than you. And, and I'm going to be better than you. No, they just... They want you to move up. They don't want you to stay like you are. And it's, that's great for your confidence. You need to get, if you have the, the, the opportunity to join a club uh, that helps you be a better person, by all means, please do it. Toastmaster was for me a great group and, and I'm, I'm so grateful for, with them. Really, I am. Brilliant. And, and you know, there's people out there who are, pretty good speakers even public speakers in front of events but when it comes to talking on camera they just can't do it why do you think that is and, and and what are some tips that you could give them to get over you know being shy on camera okay it happened to me to be honest i was it's it's when you're the, when you're going into a stage uh, i i i if you haven't experienced it it's just the energy, everything, you know, you go there and, and, and you're looking at people and what's amazing is you're, you're just observing if someone is, I don't know, just, oh, oh damn, I'm boring. And someone is laughing and, and that's amazing. That's an amazing immediate feedback and you can turn your, your talk and, or your speak real fast and it's great. And it's, uh, people are just giving you feedback all the time. That's why it's, I think it's so sometimes for us easy to do that because if you started wrong, you can just change it in that moment and then get into a right path. When you do it in camera, you know, you, I've seen 3,000, 4,000 uh, people in one room and I can see their, their faces, but I've never seen my face. You know, I, I see their faces. I'm not watching and I'm, I'm not looking at me. I'm just looking at their reactions and, oh, everything's going fine, I continue. In camera, it's just, it's a whole other thing. You're, you're looking at yourself and you start your, 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 <laughs> you start your video and you're like, okay, yeah, so this. And then you saw yourself doing something you didn't like and you immediately start thinking like, damn, I just did something I didn't like. And you forgot everything else that you wanted to say. So it's, it's, uh, uh, it, it's it's tough and it's really different. It no, doesn't matter if you're the most experienced speaker in the world, being in front of a camera, one on one, in front of a camera, not somebody in a stage filming you, in front of your camera making a podcast or a video for YouTube or whatever, it's it's different. It's like I know YouTubers that they cannot be on stage because they cannot talk to other people. They are used to talking to themselves. So it's, it's a different world. What are some recommendations I can give you? Um, there's, there are teleprompters and there are teleprompters apps. I, I have an app in my, in my phone that I just, I put my main ideas, you know, and I just record them. And the teleprompter is, I, I just put it slowly and I, I don't, I don't say, every, I don't write everything I'm going to say. I just, I just, drag down the ideas and I make sure that one idea uh, is there in my, in my screen, I don't know, maybe for two minutes and then comes the next idea. 
That way I, I know that I need to change the subject, that I need to go to my next point. And the next recommendation about is you just need to do it. You need to do it and don't cut, please don't cut your videos. I think that's, uh, that's what's helped me more, most. Not cutting my videos. Cause you're talking and then you're, oh no, I didn't like it. And then you stop it. You know, you can, you know, you can screw up because you can, you can put stop. And if you haven't done, if you're a speaker, you know, you cannot screw up at a stage, you know? And if you screw up, you just continue. The same goes in front of the camera. If you screwed up, continue. Maybe you can edit it later, but if not, you're going to start, stop, start, stop. And then you're going to make like 20, 30 takes on the video. And, and I started like that. I, I made, I remember my first video. I think I had like 30 videos before I finished it because I want everything that I said perfect. And I just, I, it was exhausting. It was a complete day just filming a five minute video. One day, it was like hours and hours and hours and I couldn't remember the right words. The next video, I said, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop the video. I'm not gonna start recording, stop recording. And I recorded it and I think my video was gonna be like five minutes. I finished like at seven because I did screw up and I started the idea, not the whole video. And then the, that video, I didn't edit it. And I think that was good for me because I just, I just show it to people, showed it to people and they saw where did I screw up. And the moment that I didn't matter what they think about my screwed up, I was like, all right, next one and next one and next one and next one. So again, you need to rip up the bandaid and get uncomfortable with it until you get comfortable. So that's, that, that's my, my tip there. Just two tips, put a teleprompter with your ideas and don't stop the recording. Okay, and how important would you say is making videos online today um, in terms of business, even, and even for personal development, how, how important is it to put videos out there on a consistent basis? I think it's, it, it's very important to do it on a consistent basis. Um, but it's hard, you know, because you're an entrepreneur, you need to take care of a lot of things. And what I started doing, and I, of course, I want to thank Gary Vee, which everybody knows Gary Vee at the, today, but um, there's one, there, I have, there are a lot of ideas that I, that I like from that guy. I think it's a wonderful person. I, some things I'm not, uh, I'm not fond of what he says, uh, but one thing was really, that really stroked me and is just document. And I started documenting. Uh, uh, I started just, okay, I'm going to do this. And instead of just work and in silence, I put my camera and, and I talk to myself, you know, oh, today I'm going to work on this, this and that. Today I'm going to start my day by making uh, my tasks. What do I need to accomplish today? This week I'm going to accomplish this, this and that. And also that video helped me be accountable. You know, okay, I said at the beginning of the week that I needed to finish these three projects, that, I, that my week was going to feel great if I did these three things. And then I just record them while I do it and it's easier just to upload them. You know, I also record, sorry, I also record my, some of the sessions because my clients know that I, uh, if they agree, I can upload some of the sessions and what they said and how are we working on it. So it, it, I know that helps a lot of people. Okay. And which platform do you predominantly use and, and, and which platform would you suggest is probably the best for people to build their business on? I think it depends on your, on your, on your market, but you're definitely not going to go wrong with, with Facebook because there are millions of people in, in, in Facebook. Um, if you want it to, if you want your video also to last longer, by all means also upload it to YouTube, you know, cause it's going to be there forever. And Facebook, we don't know. Instagram, we don't know. Pinterest, we don't know. LinkedIn, we don't know. So uh, my recommendation is if you have all platforms, it takes nothing to upload them. You know, you just record the video and get into each one, put it upload and continue with your day. If you can post it everywhere, post it everywhere. Uh, I have two accounts. For example, I have two social media accounts for every platform. One is in English and one is in Spanish. All right. Okay. So it takes a lot of my time just 
for example, I make a video at the beginning, I was making a video in English and then making it in Spanish and then uploading it to Facebook, Twitter, um, LinkedIn, uh, Pinterest. I'm, I'm in every social network that you, there's out there. I have an account, but I just realized, you know, but it doesn't have to be that way. Also, if, if I'm recording a video in English today or I have a session with, a, with an English speaker uh, client, I just upload that. And then if I want to do, make a video in Spanish, I just upload it to my, to my uh, Spanish networks. Because I do think it's important to, in my case, to differentiate the, the language. You know, in, it, it doesn't matter what, uh, from where do you see what angle you're taking language is everything if you want to keywords if you want search terms key phrases it's different english and spanish and of course someone that speaks english and follows you in social media he just doesn't expect to see a, a video in spanish you know i started by mixing languages in my same social networks and it was honestly a mess some people didn't like it so what i did i just I, I differentiate both, but by all means, if you're making a video, it takes five minutes just to upload it to every social network. Excellent. Okay, so before we you know we, we wrap things up, um, see so you know you, you're the president of the innovation committee of the you know Mex Mexican entrepreneurs. Tell us a little bit about that role and, and what that committee actually does. Uh, well, we. Um, we're also, a ch it's a chapter in Colima and the, the, the entrepreneurs union, it's called Coparmex. So it's a very, uh, it's a very big uh, uh, association here in Mexico. And they asked for my help in, in some issues they were, they were having inside the, 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 the association. They, they needed to make some changes uh, they also needed to bring up more sales and everything. So we, I started working with the president um, pro bono. I just like talking to them and he offered me to be in the, at the innovation committee. And I, we just start like, for example, right now with the, with the pandemic, uh, there was, they didn't have any online uh, courses. So we innovate here. We were the first online course on all the states that have that union to, to uh, offer free online courses for our members. So I know online courses have been around like for years. I've been giving online courses like eight years now or something like that. But here at the chamber, it, it, it wasn't like that. This union wasn't like that. So we started innovating and we brought a group of people that were experts in each one of the areas for a, uh, in a business like finance, accounting, sales, marketing. And we're just trying to help uh, small business owners to to grow their business. So that's practically it. Brilliant. And um, just talk to us a little bit about the the book that you co-authored, which was an Amazon bestseller. What's that book about? Um, it, it we were several authors then. Um, I I wrote it. I know it was like eight years ago, nine years ago, something like that. And we just collaborated uh, between a lot of people. And there, it's just, the, the book, it's about, there are like, I don't know, maybe 50 or 70 stories about how you overcame some bad situation in your life you know, or something that it was really hard for you. That's why the, the title is Thorns to be Thankful for. It's just, okay, you were in this situation that for you it was bad at that moment, but it really helped you grow. And it was, it was, I think it was great. I, there are a lot of stories there that are helpful for, for people and they are inspiring stories. They are how we, the co-authors, um, were able to make it through that difficult time and what we learned. So it, it was a really good experience. Brilliant. Okay, and, and how can people connect with you and, and what exactly can you do for, for business owners and entrepreneurs? Okay, well, if you want to have, if you feel like you're stuck, that you want to have, that you just, your business is not growing and you want to have more time with your family, if you spend a lot of time in your business and you're deciding most of the time when, okay, am I going on vacation or I need to stay in the business? Well, I'm staying in the business. Okay, I can help you. Let's, 
uh, automate, let's create systems, let's see where's where you need to grow. And so you can have more, spend more time with yourself and your family. That's uh, basically it. You can look for me at any social network, Facebook mostly, Instagram, it's LinkedIn also. And you can check my website, gabrielpolignon.com. Yeah, we'll, we'll drop a link to that website and some of those channels um, in, in, in the comments below. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been great having you here. Uh, before we wrap up, I mean, do you have any final words or any piece of advice for people that are struggling right now because of the, the pandemic? Um, and just some last, last words from you. Yeah, could, um, take some time for yourself so you can think things through. You know, it's, uh, we don't have time right now. We, we are not making time to to really internalize what's happening. And it's such a great opportunity. And I'm, I'm just gonna share a short story right now, if you don't mind. For example, uh, my kids just started school and school right now, it's virtual. You know, Zoom uh, classes and everything, they're not, they're not going there. And my wife just took a, a, a job. She loves, she loves being a teacher. And so she took a job and it, at the beginning is, of course, the pandemic, you know, kids are at home, everybody's studying, working in the internet and Zoom classes. And my wife is now uh, also going to uh, giving these classes. It was a great opportunity for me to reconnect in, at, at a time that I didn't have more for my kids before. In the morning, my kids went to school. So I didn't, you know, it's business time, you know, it's work time. Right now they're at home. So what I did is I just, I sit down with my wife and I told her, okay, what do you need in order to you to make your job better? Okay, I need this time to, to prepare and I this time to give my classes. All right, I can have that time to be with my kids, listen to their classes. And it, it has been amazing. Of course, I'm not working at that time, but it doesn't matter. So I can I can get it at night or I can just, be more efficient at what I do and create new systems that can help me there. So it's a great opportunity for you to grow. It's a great opportunity for you to connect. Uh, we've been, I think that as a society, we've been disconnected from, from our family, from our kids, from a lot of things that are important. And this is a time where you can, you can create a bond, not just a connection, a real bond with your kids, with your wife, with your friends, even though you cannot go out with them, talk to them because they are struggling. If you, if you listen to them, the bond is going to be, it's just going to be stronger. And I think it's a great opportunity. Uh, if you can have some time, make some time for yourself so you can give to others. Beautiful. Beautiful. Excellent way to finish the uh, episode. So once again, um, you know, thank you for joining me. That was a, you know, a really insightful and great conversation. Um, so yeah, once again, thank you and for our viewers, we will see you in the next episode. Take care. Bye bye. If you liked this episode, it would mean a lot if you would please rate and write a review. Please also subscribe so you get notified anytime a new episode drops. Thank you for tuning in. Now go out and attack your Minotaur.